Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Tim Reynolds with Bible Truth for Living. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're listening by radio, it's Memorial Day weekend, and we hope you're able to spend some time uh, with your family. It's the unofficial start of summer. Uh, It's also a good time to remember those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms here in the United States. And I would encourage you to thank a soldier uh, if you get that opportunity this weekend. I'd like to continue a message that we began. uh, Actually, it's been a couple of weeks because I've had uh, some guests. And uh, we're going to look today at the second part of a message titled, The Door of Opportunity. I'm reading from Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. The Apostle Paul says, "...continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving." With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. You know, as a believer, I do not think there are any coincidences for a child of God. God has given each of us gifts and assignments in this life, and we have a limited amount of time and opportunities to use those gifts. Remember that opportunities are never solely about us. You start a new job, you attend a new school, you move into a new neighborhood, form a new friendship. Those are doors of opportunity to share our faith with someone else. You know, we live in a great time with endless opportunities to share our testimony, uh, to share a prayer, even the gospel, whether that is through social media, text message, email, uh, radio program, podcast, gospel tracks, all sorts of different ways to do that. By the way, uh, we have orders from our supreme commander, the Lord Jesus Christ, to do this. It's not optional. He says in Mark 16 and verse 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So that's a that's a commission, a command uh, for each believer. Now, any door that God opens for us, he then enables us and also equips us to walk through the door. So we have no grounds to complain uh, about things if we don't uh, do what he's asked us to do. You know, people will complain about the decline of the culture and the decline of morality, and yet we decline the doors of opportunity that God gives us to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we are going to do anything, we need to take advantage of those doors. Now, in the text that I'm reading from Colossians, Paul is in prison. He's not praying to escape the door of prison, but to access uh, the door of opportunity, uh, whether that is in prison or out of prison. He did not want to leave the gospel to chance. He didn't want to leave it to someone else or to simply the sovereignty of God for people to be saved. Paul wanted opportunity to be used by God to witness to others. Now, in the first part of this message, we talked about accessing and accepting the door of opportunity. We're going to continue today looking at adversity at the door of opportunity. In verse 3, he says, "...with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ." And then he adds this, 
for which I am also in bonds. What he is saying is that he's in prison for the very thing he's asking opportunity to do. That sounds almost crazy, doesn't it? He's requesting an opportunity to continue that which landed him in prison. He said, I I want a door of utterance to share Christ, and that's the very thing that put me into prison. Paul didn't care about that. He was more interested, whatever the case was, if it meant doing that in prison or um, being free, he just wanted to share the gospel. Listen to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. He says here, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So the moment you accept the door of opportunity that God provides, that is the very moment the enemy will attack and try to stop you. Paul would not have been in prison had he not been sharing the gospel of Christ. He could have cruised through uh, his his life. You know, he was converted, he was saved, he was going to heaven. He could have done like many of us do and just sort of put it on cruise control until he got to heaven. But he did not want to do that. He wanted to preach the gospel. But with that comes adversity. The enemy is going to attack. I like what he says also in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 9. He says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now, consider this. There is no such thing as unopposed spiritual progress. You say, I want to progress in my walk with the Lord. I want to become more like Jesus. Well, okay, but that's not going to happen without adversity. Now, first of all, let's talk about the expectation of adversity. We need to see adversity as just part of the opportunity progress. Again, there in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, He says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. He doesn't say, but, you know, I'd like to take this opportunity, but there are many adversaries. No, he says, and he knows that's just part of the opportunity. You take a sports team who wins a championship. They battle through a long season, battle through injuries and travel and being away from their family and and let alone the opposing team and the opposing fans. Uh, But that's part of it. You have to expect that if you want to win a championship. Same thing in regards to our walk with the Lord. We must just mark it down. Adversity will be part of the opportunity. You know, Israel had to learn this in Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. The Bible tells us, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel and to the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They're coming back with a report, the 12 spies that have checked out the promised land. And they told him and said, we came into the land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Well, there's the good news. But verse 28 begins with the word, nevertheless, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The children of Anak were giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the South. The Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites are in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, hey, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. 
But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. It was all perspective. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had uh, searched unto the children of Israel, saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. It's just too much. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. They're just too big for us. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants. Just a continuing, they've always been giants. They're always going to be giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Notice their perspective of themselves. And so we were in their sight. They already had it in their mind how the enemy saw them. Boy, I don't want to go to battle with somebody like that. In fact, because of that report, the 10 negative spies caused the entire generation to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. They did not see adversity as part of the opportunities. They saw adversity as a a failure. It was a stop. It was something that prevented them from going into the promised land. Paul saw things differently. Now, he didn't walk around with rose-colored glasses. He realized there was adversity. There would be challenges, but the challenges would not stop him. Uh, he says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. He says, I, I want you to pray that we have free course that the gospel is able to move and also to deliver us from these unreasonable and wicked men because they're going to be there. They're not going away. They'll always be there. But verse three says, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. That's the outlook we should have when it comes to adversity. Not only the expectation of adversity, but since adversity is part of it, we need to prepare for adversity. Now that you expect it, you can prepare for it. That's what it means. You know, it's sort of like whenever it's winter time and uh, they'll come on and say winter storm warning you know we're going to have 10 inches of snow well what do people do they prepare they'll go out and get milk and bread and toilet paper and all those things preparing for the winter storm well same thing in the christian life if we expect adversity we can prepare for adversity we see that in ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11 Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because they're going to be there. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So take that armor. The adversity is going to be there. The adversary is going to be there. He continues, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You're not going to stop them from firing. They're going to come, but you can quench them with all these things, with the the, uh, battle gear that's given here. And then he says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So all of these things are important to prepare for adversity. Foes will oppose you. Family will oppress you. Friends will obstruct you. Finances will overwhelm you. Fears will overtake you and flesh will overcome you unless you are prepared. 
Paul did some of his best work under adversity. In fact, he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon all from prison. It also helped him to reach powerful men like King Agrippa, Governor Felix, all of Caesar's family and his servants. Paul even led jailers and prisoners to Christ. I mean, this guy was unstoppable. You must decide on a committed life or a comfortable life when it comes to serving God. You can't have both and be effective for the Lord. Well, let's go on to our next point. Number two, we see the appropriateness at the door of opportunity. Going back to our text there in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 4. Paul says this again. He says, pray that God would open a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ in which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest or evident as I ought to speak. We see that same phrase in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, when he says, as I ought to speak, I believe that involves two aspects. Number one, we have a duty to speak the gospel. Now, I think we would all agree as Christians that we know that we ought to tell others about Jesus. I don't know of anybody who's been saved any length of time that would say, well, I didn't know that. You know, I shared the Great Commission a while ago, preach the gospel to every creature. We not only have a duty to Christ because he's commissioned, but we have a duty to the lost. We owe it to them to share the gospel of Christ. Listen to Romans chapter 10. And verse 13, the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach, declare the gospel of peace, and bring glad tidings of good things. By the way, when it says there a preacher, that's not talking about the man standing behind the pulpit. He's included, but that's not only him. We are all called to be preachers. A preacher is simply one who proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, so that's man, woman, boy, or girl. If you're saved, you're a preacher. You're a declarer of the gospel. We owe that to the lost. And then we must be discerning when we speak the gospel. I believe that how we say something is just as important as what we say. And, you know, we need discernment from the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think that includes not only what we're telling people when it comes to the gospel, but includes the uh, timing, I think, is a part of that, the right place, even uh, the relationship we have with the person. I, I think these four things are universal. Number one, we should be bold when sharing the gospel. Again, there in Ephesians 6 and verse 20, Paul says, for which I am ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly. We need to be bold in these days. Now, that does not mean brash and belligerent and difficult. Uh, it means we're bold. Why can we be bold? Because we have the truth on our side. We can be confident without apology. We don't have to say, well, I'm sorry that, you know, I feel this way. No, it's not about a feeling. It's about truth. It's about what God's word says. So be bold when we share the gospel. Number two, we need to be clear. Paul says back there in our text, Colossians 4, 4, that I may make it manifest or clear. There is no need to over-spiritualize the, the word of God. We don't have to wax poetic or speak in the King James uh, verbiage. Uh, we don't have to manipulate the word of God. You know, we have a lot of that today, don't we? I mean, we live in an age where everything is just twisted and manipulated, and that's why we live in such an age of skepticism. No, we can be clear. The gospel is not a... 
difficult message to comprehend or to share. The gospel is good news. It is simply the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody can do that. We can be bold. We can be clear. But then also we need to be wise. Again, in Colossians chapter 4, continuing now with verse 5, the Bible says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, those that are without the gospel. They are outside uh, the body of Christ, redeeming the time. That means know your audience. I think it's important. For, let me give you an example. Consider the age of someone you're sharing the gospel with. If you're dealing with maybe your child or grandchild, uh, you would want to deal with them tenderly and share with them that Jesus loves them and, and and that sort of thing, maybe differently than you would someone in their their 50s, all right? The setting is important. You know, if you're in a living room uh, talking with someone, that's a little different than if you're in a hospital room or if you're in, in a church service. So all of these things involve uh, the the wisdom of sharing the gospel, know your audience, also redeeming the time. Timing is very important when it comes to witnessing. This may sound strange, but I would recommend you not witnessing while you're on the clock at work. Now, if it's okay and isn't causing any trouble, witness on break time or on lunchtime. But uh, you're being paid to work, not witness. Uh, all right, that's secular. And so uh, we need to be smart about that. You know, I've even visited people in the hospital room and uh, can tell pretty quick whether it's the right time to get serious about sharing the gospel. Uh, certainly, if you're at a funeral, a funeral service. You've got to be sensitive to the timing there. Be wise when it comes to sharing the gospel. And then we also must always be gracious. Paul says in verse 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how, not what, but know how you ought to answer every man. That means we need to know not only what to say, but how to say it. Here's another one, 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You know what? The world is looking at us and saying, how in the world are they so hopeful in a time like this? How do they have such peace? That peace the Bible talks about that passes all understanding. There's your opportunity to share the gospel. Be gracious. The gospel is not about high pressure tactics, you know, putting on a lot of pressure, although sometimes a little bit of pressure is good. You know, the book of Jude says pulling them, saving them, pulling them out of the fire. Sometimes you have to be just straightforward uh, with some people. But the gospel is not about high pressure tactics or making false promises. Uh, for instance, don't say your life is going to be so much better when you get saved. Well, your eternal life is secure. That's true. But your life here on earth may get more difficult. All right. Suffering is involved in becoming a Christian. Jesus never painted a, a rosy picture when it came to uh, following him. You know, he said, take up your cross and follow me. But I think we always need to maintain a spirit of kindness. And if they refuse it, they reject it. You have done your part. All right. Uh, and by the way, leave them alone after that. If they lash out and say, don't bother me with that. After that, you can simply pray for them and let the Holy Spirit do his work. Our responsibility is to plant the seed, and then we let the Holy Spirit take it from there. When we do that, then God will bless it, and uh, we are rewarded because of our faithfulness to sharing the gospel. Now, many Christians die disappointed. 
They reach the end of this life and they realize how little they ever accomplished for God with the doors of opportunity they had been given. You know, you get to the end of your life and you think, boy, you know what? I I had the time. I could have taught a Sunday school class. I could have given more to missions. I could have served God more. But instead, I was so interested in making money and, and doing my thing. And here you get to the end of life and you're disappointed. Let me tell you something. If you're listening to this program, whether by radio or podcast, it's not too late to decide to look for a door of opportunity. You can look for doors of opportunity to tell others about Jesus and to take them to heaven with you. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how unlearned you are. If you're still breathing, you still have breath in your lungs, you still have opportunity to share Christ with someone. I like what C.T. Studd said. He was a a former uh, preacher, and he said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Isn't that the truth? You know, after everything's done, all of the money that we make, all of the trips we take, all of the things we buy, when it really comes down to it, none of that's going with us. We have this one life that to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's be busy about it. Let's make sure we're taking advantage of those opportunities. Now, with the time I have left, let me first of all uh, remind you about the Bible Truth Podcast. If you listen to podcasts on your phone, uh, this is a great convenience because you can listen anytime, whether you're mowing the yard, doing the dishes, taking a walk. And if you'll subscribe to the Bible Truth Podcast, you can find it, whatever your favorite podcast source is, just search Bible Truth Podcast. You may have to include my name, Tim Reynolds, with that. You will find it, and then make sure you subscribe, because when you subscribe, you get every time a message is uploaded, you get automatically notified, all right? The Bible Truth Podcast has all of our radio programs. It also includes uh, separate verse-by-verse teachings uh, by my dad, Ron Reynolds, and uh, it's great to listen to those uh, at your convenience, all right? So I encourage you to do that. I also want to thank all those who support us through not only listening and praying for us, but financially. The only way we stay on the radio, the only way we have a podcast ministry is by the faithful support, financial support of God's people. Many of you do that. Some do that on a yearly basis. Sometimes it's an annual basis or or, or monthly basis, rather. However you do that, we certainly do appreciate it. And if you enjoy the truths of God's Word being plainly preached and taught, uh, consider that if you would. Don't take that away from your own church. The tithe goes to your church, but if you're looking for a, a ministry to support, consider uh, the Bible Truth program. We would certainly appreciate it. You can write to us at Bible Truth Broadcast or Bible Truth for Living, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Include your best gift, and then also uh, you can include a prayer request or a Bible question, maybe something you'd like to hear taught on. Uh, We'd be happy to receive that as well. But everything goes right back into the ministry. Help us pay for radio time and our podcast hosting as well. So thank you for considering that. And the last thing I'd like to do is give you a personal invitation to attend the churches where I have the opportunity of pastoring. First of all, at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We meet every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., have a time of fellowship followed by Bible study. And then at 10 a.m., I preach in the morning service. And then at six o'clock, we're back Sunday night. Uh, Sunday nights, we're teaching a series on the patriarchs of Genesis. We're looking at the life of Abraham right now. And then on Wednesday nights, we're teaching 
a series on the end times according to Jesus. We're taking Matthew 24, verse by verse, looking at how things are going today, pointing toward the return of Christ. That's at 6 o'clock every Wednesday night. And then at, at, well, let me give you the address at Mount Vernon Baptist Temple. We are at 817 Woodland Drive, just off of Route 37 South in Mount Vernon. You can call us, excuse me, at 618-244-5404 or find us online at mountvernonbaptisttemple.com. You can also on Facebook search Mount Vernon Baptist Temple and like the page and you'll find all of our services online where you can watch and join us as well. And then at Waltonville Community Church, we meet every Sunday morning at 1115 a.m. I preach the same message at Waltonville at 1115 that we do in Mount Vernon at 10 o'clock and uh, you'll enjoy the fellowship of God's people. We'd love to have you at Waltonville Community Church. You can also uh, find us online at waltonvillecommunitychurch.com. You can call us or text at 618-315-1111. We're located at 321 South Hiram Street, just across from the Waltonville Cafe and Grain Elevators. We would love to have you there as well. But thank you so much for tuning in to the radio program, or if you're listening by podcast, it's always a joy to be with you, and I look forward to being with you again at our next appointed time. Until then, this is Pastor Tim Reynolds saying, may God bless you is my prayer. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois 62864. Thank you for listening.